Deuteronomy chapter 2, and we'll start reading at verse 3, and I'm going to read from the New American Standard Bible. You have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn north and command the people, saying, You will pass through the territory of your brothers, the sons of Esau, who live in Seir, and they will be afraid of you, so be very careful. Do not provoke them, for I will not give you any of their land, even as little as a footstep, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. You shall buy food from them with money, so that you may eat, and you shall also purchase water from them with money, so that you may drink. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you have done. He has known your wanderings through this great wilderness. These forty years the Lord your God has been with you. You have not lacked a thing. So we passed beyond our brothers, the sons of Esau, who live in Seir, away from the Arabah road, away from Elath, and from Zion Geber, and we turned and passed through by the way of the wilderness of Moab. Then the Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab, nor provoke them to war. For I will not give you any of their land as a possession, because I have given her to the sons of Lot as a possession. Now arise, uh, verse 13, Now arise and cross over the brook Zered yourselves. So we crossed over the brook Zered. Now the time that it took for us to come from Kadesh Barnea until we crossed over the brook Zered was 38 years until all the generation of the men of war perished from within the camp as the Lord had sworn to them. Moreover, the hand of the Lord was against them to destroy them from within the camp until they all perished. So it came about when all the men of war had finally perished from among the people that the Lord spoke to me, saying, Today you shall cross over Ar, the border of Moab. When you come opposite the sons of Ammon, do not harass them nor provoke them, for I will not give you any of the land of the sons of Ammon as a possession, because I have given it to the sons of Lot as a possession. Interesting. These were the instructions. We left out a few verses there for the sake of time. These were the instructions which God gave to the children of Israel through Moses as they set out on their long journey, 40 years of wandering through the wilderness, until all the generations of the men of war perished from within the camp. We have to imagine this vast horde wandering through the wilderness and as God so rightly said the surrounding nations will be afraid of you so be very careful can you imagine over a million people or, or so of immigrants with their children animals, donkeys, poultry 
together with a mixed multitude of Egyptians who had attached themselves to the children of Israel when they were leaving Egypt. Can you imagine them all arriving at our borders and seeking permission to pass through this country? It would have surprised us. It's no wonder God said to be careful because the people would be afraid of you. A point of interest here is that God interests himself in the affairs of nations. Something we forget sometimes. Way back in Daniel when Nebuchadnezzar uh, had been touched by God in various ways. He said that to the, attempt, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men. And giveth to it whomsoever he will. And setteth over it the basest of men. God rules in the kingdom of men. And he gives it to whomsoever he will. And we see here that certain men, the descendants of various people, had been given land by God in which to dwell. God had given them that land, and God keeps his word. God said, you shall pass through the territory of your brothers, the sons of Esau, who live in Seir. You pass through it. Why? Because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. And despite the fact that this nation was not now worshipping God as he had ordained, he still kept his promises to them. They were brothers by natural birth, going right back to the times of the twins, Esau and Jacob. The twins, you remember they were born? Esau was the firstborn and Jacob was the second. But Jacob tricked Esau out of his birthright. So there was always a bit of antagonism between Jacob and Esau. But they were brothers by natural birth. And God had ordained that that land would be given to Esau. And he still remembered Esau. And the children of Israel were not to attack them. Similarly with Moab and Ammon, later on in that chapter we read about them. They were related through Lot. And Lot was the nephew of Abraham. And these Ammon and Moab were the descendants of different sons of Lot. Or through Lot, his descendants. God said, do not harass Moab. Do not provoke them to war. Why? Because I have given our to the sons of Lot as a possession. And so on with Ammon as well. This does not mean, of course, that these nations were not to be judged in the future by God for their sins. But not at this particular time. Israel was not to dispossess them of their lands. In fact, if you look at Jeremiah 49 and verse 17, there is Edom, you see. Edom is the sons of Esau. There's a verse in uh, Genesis which says, uh, Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. But in Jeremiah 49:17 it says, Edom shall be a desolation 
everyone that goeth by it shall be astonished and shall hiss at all the plagues thereof as in the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah and the neighbour cities thereof saith the Lord no man shall abide there neither shall a son of man dwell there there were prophecies about Edom that Edom would perish eventually and similarly Moab was the same we could look at some prophecy there but for the sake of time I'm just making the point at this particular time they were not to be attacked they were not to be uh, interfered with they were just the Israelites were to pass through their land verse 6 it said you shall buy food from them with money so that you may eat and you shall also purchase water from them with money so that you may drink and the reason God gave for that he says why for the Lord God has blessed you in all that you have done he has known your wanderings through this great wilderness these 40 years the Lord your God has been with you you have lacked nothing they lacked nothing as they walked through that wilderness that amazing this is interesting you know you've heard me saying it again and again and you'll probably hear me saying it again and again there was no nourishment in the wilderness for the children of Israel as that people went through that wilderness there was nothing in that wilderness for them to be fed with or to drink only that which God provided for them manna some quail and water there is nothing in this world for Christians to feed on spiritually we can get nothing in from this world on which to feed spiritually if we seek to live on worldly food as Christians we will become spiritually thin weak Christians just thinking about that we probably become bloated with self-righteousness but we be thin weak Christians there's nothing in this world upon which we can feed as Christians spiritually we used to sing that chorus and feeding on the living bread and drinking at the fountain head and whoso drinketh Jesus said shall never never thirst again what never thirst again no never thirst again and whoso drinketh Jesus said shall never never thirst again and if we try other sources of spiritual water we will be disappointed I remember the chap used to get us around various little church meetings to get up and say recitations when we were youngsters and I remember one we learned and it was in pleasures broken systems I sought to quench my thirst but blinded by the devil's wiles I knew not that they were burst and you know that old hymn we used to sing now none but Christ can satisfy none other name for me there's love and life and lasting joy Lord Jesus found in thee I tried the broken cisterns Lord but ah the waters failed e'en as I stooped to drink they fled and mocked me as I wailed we cannot get 
Christian food and drink from this world, we have to get them from God through his word. Jeremiah 2.13, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. So they moved towards the land of Esau. And what happened? Well, it doesn't tell us an awful lot about what happened here in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 2. But if we go back to Numbers, Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20, and I'm going to read again from verse 14. Numbers 20, verse 14. From Kadesh, Moses sent messengers to the king of Edom. And Edom is Esau. Thus your brother Israel has said, You know all the hardships that have befallen us, that our fathers went down to Egypt, and we stayed in Egypt a long time, and the Egyptians treated us and our fathers badly. But when we cried out to the Lord, he heard our voice and sent an angel and brought us out from Egypt. And behold, we are at Kadesh, a town on the edge of your territory. Please let us pass through your land. We will not pass through field nor through vineyard. We will not even drink water from a well. We will go along the king's highway not turning to the right or left until we pass through your territory Edom however said to him you shall not pass through us or I will come out with the sword against you again the sons of Israel said to him we will go by the king's highway and if I and my livestock do, stock do drink any of your water, then I will pay its price. Let me only pass through on my feet, nothing else. But he said, You shall not pass through. And Edom came out against him with a heavy force and with a strong hand. Thus Edom refused to allow Israel to pass through his territory. So Israel turned away from him. It's an interesting story, isn't it? He wouldn't let them pass through the land. They were brothers. They had a relationship. But yet they came out against them with a strong force and with a strong hand. I was thinking about this and these stories here in chapter 2 because it happened again with uh, Moab and, and Ammon. What can we learn from these kind of instances that will be of importance to us as we live in this world amongst our families and churches which have strayed away from the truth of God's word? These stories are not just recorded in scripture for our entertainment or for historical facts. They are recorded so that we may learn something from them. 
In Romans chapter 15 verse 4 it says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. We see how people faced up to problems in, in, in the Old Testament and then we see if we can bring those forward and learn something from them in our lives today. Otherwise the Bible is not practical. It is a very practical book. It teaches us how to live our lives day by day. We have all relations. We all have relations joined by family ties. Some have what the Bible talks about, a form of godliness. Some worship God in a way that is not in accordance with his word. Some perhaps have walked with us and have strayed away. You know, if you think of Esau and Jacob, they were brought up in the same family. They had the same teachings. They had the same father and mother. And yet, here they were completely divided. The children of Israel were worshipping God. Esau, Edom, was away from the ways of God and the paths of God. They were diametrically opposed, but yet they were within the same family relationship. You know, some of these nations, if you read uh, chapter 2 more fully when you get home, you'd see that these nations had at one stage destroyed giants in order to occupy the land which God had given them they had to get rid of the giants those people who were against uh, any, any form of worship of the true God they got rid of them but then it seemed to just drift away from the true God bit by bit until here they were actually opposed to the true God of Israel We have been greatly blessed, it says, by God with all spiritual blessings in Christ. God pointed out to Israel that they had been blessed on their way through the wilderness. And we, as we go through this world, God has blessed us with so many spiritual blessings. You know, when you look at uh, Ephesians chapter 1, it tells you a lot of the blessings which we have by being Christians. God has chosen us. We've been adopted into the family of God. We are accepted by God. How are we accepted by God? Because of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're accepted in the beloved, it says. When we're born, God loves us. He loves the world. He sent his son to die for the sins of the world. But we're not accepted by God until we come to a saving knowledge and we accept Christ as our saviour. And then because we do that, we are acceptable to God. He accepts us and adopts us into his family. We have been redeemed through the blood of Jesus we have received the forgiveness of sins we have been given the Holy Spirit it tells us we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise we are given that assurance that guarantee that someday 
we will receive our full salvation in heaven. So God had pointed out to the children of Israel that he had blessed them. And we, as we look at what has happened to us as we go through this life, we have been blessed by so many things from God. The Israelites had to maintain a brotherly spirit towards those nations and so should we towards our families and friends. But you know, we're not beholden to any of our families and friends who are not Christians, who are not walking as we would like them to be walking. We get all our nourishment and our food from God. But we are to maintain, it would appear from this story, they were to buy and sell things uh, from these people as they passed through the land. That was the idea in any case. It didn't work out that way. But they were, if they used any of the facilities of that nation, they were to pay for it. And they were to maintain a social concern with these people. But the interesting thing was, they were to proceed along the king's highway. They weren't to turn off to the right or to the left. They were to walk on the king's highway. And as they walked through this land, which was uh, not living in accordance with God's word, and as we walk through this world, we are to walk the way of the king's highway. We're not to turn off to the right and the left. It says you weren't even to put a foot over from the king's highway to walk in the other person's land. And that's the way we should live our lives, in strict accordance with that, to walk solely the way Jesus walked. What was the path of Jesus? How did he walk through this world? He was despised and rejected of men. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He came unto his own and his own received him not. He was crucified by this world, the world he came to die for. That is the pathway that we are called to follow. To walk in the footsteps of Jesus. It may be a lonely walk. It may be one where you'd be rejected. But we have the wonderful assurance that Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I am with you always. As we walk through this world on the King's Highway, we will walk it hand in hand with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he knows the way because he has been this way before. May we walk not turning to the right hand or to the left, but going straight ahead, following in his footprints. Sadly, if we walk like that, some of our friends and neighbours and relations may not always find it acceptable. Oh yes, you could be members of a soccer club, you could become fan clubs of pop stars and all the rest of it. But as soon as you say you are going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, 
it throws a different light on things and people object to it sometimes it may even result in hostility towards you for no reason other than your decision that you're going to walk on the king's highway but they did it to the Lord Jesus so don't be surprised if they do it to you it may even result in a refusal to allow family fellowship you might be isolated from other members of your family we must always be prepared nevertheless to walk on the king's highway now God gave them some very good advice and they took it and if you look at verse 21 it says thus uh, and that is in in, in, uh, in numbers Edom refused to allow Israel to pass through his territory so Israel took up arms and started to fight no so Israel turned away from him it's an interesting verse in Romans Romans 16 verse 17 now I beseech you brethren Paul writing here and he says I beseech you I plead with you brethren mark them which cause divisions and offences contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned oh there will be people in our families and in our friends who are teaching doctrines and causing divisions which are contrary to what we have learned from scripture and what does he say avoid them avoid them turn away from them turn away from them that's what we should do make sure we avoid those who are not preaching and not walking on the king's highway there's an interesting verse too in Proverbs chapter 4 Proverbs 4 and 15 14 and this is talking about paths and ways and roads and it says enter not into the path of the wicked don't go a footprint or a foot's breadth into the path of the wicked not even that much enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men in other words it's saying keep on the king's highway enter not into the path of the wicked and go not into the way of evil men avoid it avoid it pass not by it turn from it and pass away go on your way don't go into the path of the wicked don't go into the way of evil men avoid it don't pass on it don't put your foot into it turn away from it avoid it and pass on your way now 
you may find this difficult. I'm sure Israel also found it difficult. Their blood relations turning them away. And it caused them to have to bypass the whole land. It caused them problems. And then it caused Edom to show outright hostility to Israel. But God was in control. And many years later, God intervened in his time. God is in control. We must always believe that God, as Nebuchadnezzar had to learn, the Most High ruleth in the kingdoms of men and of families. Now just to illustrate this, there's a wonderful story as to how God dealt with Edom and Ammon and Moab at one time. You should study this when you get home. But we read the story in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Now it came to pass after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Menuhites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea out of Aram and behold they are in Engedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? And are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, so that no one can stand against you. Did you not, O our God, Drive out the inhabitants of this land from your people, from before your people Israel, and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever. They have lived in it, and have built you a sanctuary there for your name, saying, Should evil come upon us, the sword, or judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house and cry to you in our distress and you will hear and deliver us now behold the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt they turned aside from them and did not destroy them see how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession which you have given us as an inheritance. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but arise 
are on you. What a wonderful prayer this is. Their eyes were upon God. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. Then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. And he said, Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley, in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground. Lord Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. The Levites, from the sons of the Kohathites, and of the sons of the Korahites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. They rose up early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord, your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. As they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And if you look and follow on that story, you realize what happened. God worked in a miraculous way. Let's read on. The Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Judah so they were routed for the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir that's the Edomites destroying them completely and when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir they helped to destroy one another when Judah came out the next morning to look out on the wilderness They looked towards where the multitude were, and behold, they were corpses, lying on the ground, and no one had escaped. God had acted, God had, in his time, dealt with these people. All that Jehoshaphat and Judah and Jerusalem had to do was to be faithful 
and to believe and just stand by and see what God was going to do. All that God expects from you and me is to be faithful to him and to his word. The battle is the Lord's. And what applies to family members and friends equally applies to churches which have gone into error. Churches which once showed a delight in serving God have now become like Edom. Churches who have defeated giants in the past are now sinking into the errors that they fought against. You know, Lot, from whom the Ammonites and the Moabites were descended, once held the views of his uncle Abraham. He had come away from the idols of Abraham's family. He had come with Abraham to seek the land of Canaan. But how far his descendants had drifted away from the truth. And now they were in a position of hostility, direct hostility to Israel. So many churches who in time past held dearly the truths of scripture. The inerrancy of scripture. They've fallen away from those God-given doctrines and tenets. And now show outright hostility to many of the movements of the spirit of God. These churches are being dispossessed by the enemy of all that they had once held dear from God. Now, sadly, hardly a footbreath remains of the occupied territory which they once held. Superstition and tradition on the one hand, infidelity on the other, are rapidly stealing away from them that which they once held as sacred. May we, through all this, make sure we walk on the king's highway and not seek to traverse the road of others by as much as a footbreath that we shall not turn from the right hand or from the left but to keep right on on the king's highway may we turn away from them and from those who are in error Remember what it said in verse 20 there where we were reading in Chronicles. Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. This is it. Put your trust in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Chorus we used to sing when we were a kid. There's a grand highway that is free to all and it leads to the king's abode it starts at the cross where Jesus died it is there you must join the road tramp, tramp, tramp I hear them marching hark, hark, hark the pilgrims sing and the highway shall be my way I am going to meet the king. Will you join me?